You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Hello, Grace Family Church. It's so good to be with you at all of our locations and those of you that are watching online and right here at Lutz. I am Kristen and I am the groups pastor here and I am passionate about helping people find their community and live in freedom. That is my, my passion. I love freedom. Um, this, I also love Clash. How many of you love Clash? You love it because you're going and you're excited about our, our people over here. Some of you are excited because you're sending your teenagers and you're like, that's my favorite thing about Clash is that my kids are going to Clash and I'm staying here. I'm actually really excited about going. I have been a counselor or a leader for over 20 years. This year I get to do a freedom breakout session for high school girls, which I'm really believing God is gonna do some amazing things. So please pray for us. I know the thought for some of you of being excited about going and spending that much time with that many teenagers, eating camp food, sleeping, not getting a lot of sleep, it's hot. It's like, no, that is not my thing. I will do my part and I will pray for you and y'all can go and do that thing. But even though it's a, it's a familiar place for me and I love it and most of the time I know what to expect and I know what's coming, I have also been stretched a bit in different uh, scenarios and different years that it didn't always go the way I thought it would, or it was pushing me a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, I love to do the blob. Uh, and one year I was like, yep, I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore. I think I might've had too many birthdays for that. Um, but I love being there and it's, it's just seeing what God is doing, but also like getting into those places where you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't plan for this. One of, one of these particular years, I was going into Clash with a new group of girls that I had never met before. See, the previous four years, I was coming out of having the same girls. I had them all through high school. We knew each other. We knew what, what bugged this one in the morning, so we stayed away from her. You know, we, we knew how to do camp together. We knew how to be there together. We knew what God was doing in each other's lives. I knew what was going on in their families and what they were facing at school. So it was very familiar and it was comfortable. So I show up this next year and I had to, I had to arrive late because I had a commitment and I think it was a wedding. Um, and so I get there and this group of people that have been taking care, the counselors who were taking care of my girls until I got there, start telling me stories. They start telling me about these girls and they start talking about what they're facing in their lives and what conversations they've had that day and some of the things that they've experienced. And I felt myself kind of backing up. Have you ever felt that where you're like, whoa, this was not what I thought it would be. This is out of my plan. This is a little uncomfortable and I, I wanna try to get, figure out a way to get back to comfort. You see, I, I don't think I'm qualified for this. I don't think that I'm the right person for this group. Isn't it amazing how quickly our minds start to spin into, let me scramble and try to come up with another plan that doesn't include me being their counselor. 
You see, I felt like I was not equipped and I didn't know if I wanted to step into this unknown. And when we find ourselves in those places, I'm not opposed to doing uncomfortable things. I started playing pickleball recently. That was a new thing. Um, it's stretching me a little bit. I'm not opposed to doing uncomfortable things, but I kind of like it to be on my terms. So you better believe when I'm gonna play pickleball, I'm like watching all the videos before I even get there. We gotta figure it out. It's like, I wanna know what to expect. I wanna know what the plan is. Um, we all have default settings that keep us in our comfortable, familiar, they pull us into, how do I make myself more comfortable? You, you might walk into a room and you, you're new and you don't know anybody. So you try to figure out, okay, who looks like they have the same interests as me and let me go talk to them. It's like we, cal we recalibrate and try to figure out like, I've had this uncomfortable situation. I wanna, I wanna get back into it. It's almost like if you can imagine driving a car on a dirt road you know the ones that have the deep ruts in it and you, get, you, you turn onto the road and it's like your wheels just kind of lock in place and they, they just stay in the ruts. And you could just put your foot on the gas and you could really take your hands off the wheel because it's familiar and there's ruts there and the car is gonna stay in that lane. You don't have to, there's, there's very little effort. You don't have to work hard because it's just gonna go there. That's like our defaults. Our defaults those are those ruts. And those ruts are deep with our comfort, what we like, what we know, what we can figure out on our own, what we can plan for, how we can arrange this thing to work out for the best in our minds. So when there's this interruption that comes, something that comes out of nowhere or that wasn't part of your plan, you find yourself in a situation that you didn't expect, you get news that you, didn't ne you never wanted, that you've been fearing, you, you, made a, you had a plan when your kids were young and now they're older and you're like, this is not what I thought it would look like. When we have those interruptions, it throws us we try to recalibrate. It's like the GPS, redirecting, redirecting, redirecting. We get off path and it's constantly, it's redirecting, redirecting, because it wants us and it won't shut up until you get back on the, on the right, in the right lane, on the right path. It's like we, we try to redirect and, and, get, and recalculate and it causes us to start to ask these questions. And maybe you've asked these questions. Maybe you're in a situation right now where you're asking these questions. Why this? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Why me? I think someone else is better qualified for this. Or why is this happening to me? I've done all the right things. I did all, I did all, I read my Bible every day. I pray every day. Why is this happening to me? Or why now? God, this would have been better if, the, if it happened like two years ago or two years from now. Why did this have to happen now and interrupt this plan? I've actually asked this question many times in my walk with Christ, in my walk with God. 
Um, actually, very recently, maybe even today, if you can imagine. <laughs> Why me? Why this? Why now? I don't think I'm qualified. We want God to bless us and work in us, but we are waiting for him to give us the outcome. We wanna know what's coming. I wanna know what this is gonna turn out before, how this is gonna turn out before I take the step and walk in it. We want God to do, we wanna do something for him or we want God to do something for us, but we want it on our terms. We think if I add God to my plan, my plan plus God equals a good plan. The problem is it's still my plan. And your plan could be defined by the experience that you've lived through that you're like, hey, this is how everyone acts. If everyone just stays and acts like this, then we're all good. Or it's what you like or you prefer. They didn't do my song. I wish they would sing the songs that I like, then I would worship. Or if God met me here, then I would be ready to take that risk or take that step. When that doesn't happen, when it doesn't all work out, when we don't, find, we don't feel like this is happily ever after, like this is not what I signed up for, we get stuck and we wonder where, when God are you gonna bring healing or bring freedom or bring peace or bring patience in my life? When are you gonna answer that? So our origin story that we're looking at today is of Mordecai and Esther. And this story is found in the book of Esther. It follows our story from last week when Pastor Hal spoke about Daniel and he talked about how corrupt and dark and just awful the kingdom was of Babylon. Well, fast forward, we're now in the story of Esther and it's worse. Pers the Persian empire is, is, first of all, it's the largest empire in the world and it's not a good place. And the Jewish people are there, they're in exile. The interesting story about the book of Esther is God is not mentioned by name at all in this book of the Bible. Isn't that interesting? But I will say, even though God is not mentioned, it's clearly evident that God is still moving. So this is, we're gonna get into the story. Esther is this young Jewish woman in exile. She's living there with her family. Her parents have died and she's being raised by her cousin Mordecai. So they're doing the best they can. The Jewish people are under the rule of King Xerxes and it's not great to be Jewish in this, in this culture. This is not a, okay, we're just gonna do our little thing and nobody's gonna bother us. This is a very challenging uh, situation that they are in. This is a challenging culture. It goes against everything that they, their, their faith relies on and is built on. It goes against everything that God sets up for them in the Bible. So she's this young woman. She finds herself in a beauty pageant. The queen has upset the king and he has banished her and now he needs a new queen. 
So Esther is among all the virgins that are brought into this beauty pageant, this beauty contest. And Mordecai tells her, don't tell him you're Jewish. Don't reveal that you're Jewish because it'll be worse for you. So this is how you can survive this. Well, she ends up winning the contest. She captures the attention of the king and she becomes queen. Meanwhile, Mordecai is sitting at the gate. He has a prominent role in, this, in the king's cabinet. He is a prominent Jew, he's influential. And so he finds himself one day, he's sitting at the gate, minding his own business, and he hears about a plot to kill the king. And he has to do something about it. Because you know, I think when I, when I read this story, I think, well, why didn't he just let him die? Probably because a lot of times the thing we know is worse than the thing that's unknown. So he saves the king's life. He was in the right place at the right time, right? So several years go by and now the king's second in command is, he is very anti-Jewish -Jew, people. He is against the Jewish people. He wants them, he, he's trying to look for something that he can do that can, that can fix this problem. He goes to the king, he says, hey, there's a people group that are not good for your rule. They're not good for what you're trying to do here. So the, he, the king agrees to allow him to kill all of the Jewish people. He's upset because Mordecai won't bow down and pay him honor. And he's like, I'm not satisfied with just taking out Mordecai. I want all of them. So the edict goes out. The message is sent to all the provinces all over the Persian empire, 127 of them. It's massive and everyone's gonna die. All of the Jewish people are gonna die. So mourning ensues. There is, there is grief, there is distraught. They are trying to figure out how in the world is God gonna meet us in this place? What is he gonna do here? Esther has no idea what's going on because again, she kept her Jewish heritage a secret. And so she finds out Mordecai is in mourning and she's like, what is going on? Why is he wearing sackcloth and, and wailing in the street? Somebody go give him some clothes and get him back doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he sends these messages. They begin these messages back and forth between each other Mordecai sends the, the letter that shows this is what's gonna happen to us. We're gonna die. You need to go before the king and you need to save us. You're our hope. And Esther, who has seen what she's seen, there's history about what you do and how you follow the rules. She sends a message back and says, Everybody knows that if I go before the king and he hasn't sent for me, I could die. I've seen it. I've seen this history. I know what's happened before. I've seen others do this. There's a history and evidence that shows me what my fate will be. And so we pick up in chapter four, verse 13. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, 
deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. We've all heard this verse. Many of us have heard this verse. It's, it's on paintings. Anytime there's a big moment in your life, you're like, this is my such a time as this moment. This is what I've been waiting for God to show me. He's gonna, he's gonna move in this way. It's this miracle. It's this, but, but I wanna back up a minute because Mordecai says something really important for us here. He says, deliverance and relief will arise from some other place. How did he know that? Why did he say that? What was he thinking? Well, just like Esther had evidence of how the king's kingdom worked, Mordecai knew how God's kingdom works. He had evidence and knew the stories of God showing up time after time after time. And he knew if I don't move, God will still move. If I don't step up in this situation, I'm gonna miss out, your people are gonna die, but God is still gonna do what he wants to do. He knew the promise to preserve the Jewish people was there. And when we look at this and we look at our own lives and our own situations, sometimes we get stuck in, well, I just don't know, God. And I believe God is saying, we need to expect him to move. The places where you've given up hope, where you've said, this is just the way it is. This relationship's not gonna get any better. I don't see a way out. Expect God to move. Why? Because God's plan is always bigger than my plan. Mordecai could have thought only of himself and said, hey, remember when I saved your life, king? <laughs> Save my life. We always have an option to think only of ourselves. When I started putting my, you know, kind of bracing and kind of putting my walls up before I walked into that group of girls at camp, it was all about me. I'm not prepared. I don't have what it takes. I don't know how to do this. We always have an option to think of ourselves. How's this gonna work out for me? He didn't know when Esther went in there, what would happen. He didn't know if she would be successful, but perhaps God will move. You see, perhaps is the bridge between what we know and what we're capable of and what God knows and what he's capable of. And he sees so much more than we can see. God is going to do something and we have a choice to join him in it and be part of it. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. We are following him. He is leading us into a plan that includes us, but is bigger than us. So here's Esther's response. Verse 16, she says, okay, 
Go and gather all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, day or night. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in and see the king. If I must die, I must die. That's kind of dramatic. Again, she had the history of, of this could happen. And you might be looking at your situation going, this looks like it's going in a place that's gonna be really hard. Or I don't see where God could do something here. Mordecai encourages Esther with what he knows about God. And she knew, she took the risk and said, okay, I'm not going alone. If I'm going in there, if I'm doing this, if it's me, if there's not another plan and I'm the plan, then I'm not going by myself. I'm gonna take God with me and I'm gonna get others to pray for me. I'm gonna get others to come with me. What we can see here when we say, okay, God, I expect you to move. The next part is don't go alone. Don't go by yourself. Don't let the story that the enemy is writing trying to keep you in your comfort and in the familiar, stay in your head. Invite God in, invite others, because God's plan is always bigger than me. His, his plan is bigger than my plan, what I can see, and his plan is always bigger than me. It includes others. It, it, my story, God uses my story in his story with other stories and your story to make the full story. But we get so focused on our story, our plan, our lives, our abilities, what we expect and what we see. God uses your story in his story with the people that he's put in your life to make the full story. Who's going with you? Mordecai and Esther were perfectly positioned. They each did their part. They couldn't do the other's parts. They needed each other. There was purpose in their relationship. There's a purpose in the people God has put in your life. Who knows what you're praying for? Who knows what you're facing or what you're believing God for or the thing that you feel like he's put in you to step out into? Who's got your back? Who's cheering you on? Who's digging into the Bible with you and saying, let's go see what God has to say? Who's helping you see what you can't see? I have a small group that, of, of women that I meet with. We've been together about three years. Um, I've always been in a small group. I love groups, that's what we're about here. But these women, we are all from, we're different ages. There's a big span between our ages, different stages of life and situations in life. We're in different seasons and we have different life experiences. I have learned so much about them and about how their experiences affect my experience. They have helped me see things that I can't see. We need each other to be able to take the steps that God is, taking, is putting in front of us to be able to have faith 
that he's gonna move in a place that we have lost faith. We need others around us to help encourage us and say, hey, I think you missed it there. I think you're off track. There are blind spots for a reason because I can't see my own blind spots. We need others to point them out. Chris and I are wired, my husband, we are wired very differently. He is, he does not react in a situation, but he does move. But you know how some people are reactors and some people are responders? He's a responder. I need him. I need him to help me to be more responsive and less reactive. I need his experience and his perspective. He sees, we could be sitting in the same room with the same thing coming at us and the way he perceives it and experiences it is different from me. And when I ask him, hey, what were you thinking in that? And he starts to tell me, I learn, I learn. We have things to learn from others. So when we expect God to move and we don't go alone, we take others with us, we learn their stories, Sometimes we just need to take the step. We need to overcome our fear and we need to take the step because God's plan always sets me up to experience him. We think, God, I want you to set me up to experience comfort. I, wanna set, I want you to set me up to experience what I know and what I like. And God's like, yeah, I wanna set you up to experience me and sometimes, it's gonna include those things that are comfortable. And sometimes it's gonna include those things that are familiar. And sometimes we're gonna see a little bit more of the story, but sometimes we're not. But every time we're gonna experience him. Back to our story about Mordecai and Esther. She did save the Jewish people. She went before the king after they had fasted and prayed. She went in and he received her and she revealed the plans and they turned it around. The bad guy was killed and all the people that were trying to kill the Jewish people were killed and everything turned out the way they were hoping. But that's not where their freedom came from. Their freedom came when they made the decision, I'm gonna expect you to move and I'm not going alone. I'm going with you, God, and whatever happens, happens. And if it's good, then I will celebrate. And if it's hard, then I will stand back up and say, okay, God, what are you doing in this moment? What do you have in this moment? You know, sometimes in this story, um, we can think about how it's the big moment. It's the for such a time as this. What if that moment's right now? You see, when we get out of those ruts that we just wanna lean into and we just wanna put our hands off the wheel and we just wanna drive and not think about the hard things or not try to do things different, get out of our comfort zone, he'll let us, he'll let us. But many times we're juggling everything, trying to make it happen in the background and he's saying, when you come and you turn it over to me and you lean into me and you put your hands on the wheel and you turn out of 
that rut and you go in the direction that I'm leading you and you believe that I'm gonna do more and you expect me to move and you go with others and you take the step, you pull on that steering wheel, you're gonna experience his presence like you've never experienced before. You're gonna experience peace that you've been chasing, trying to manage your own plan. You're gonna experience the Holy Spirit's power in your life like you cannot imagine. You're gonna have peace. You're gonna have that joy and the hope that you are hoping you can, you can re, uh, regain, that you want to step into. When we only look at the big moments, we miss every moment that God has where he's preparing us and he's changing us. When I went into that room that, that year at camp, it wasn't because I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure it all out and now it's all good. No, I had to overcome my fear. I had to step out in faith. I had to believe that this was bigger than me, that it included me, and that God was gonna show up and we were gonna experience him. And he did. He changed their lives. He showed up in ways I would have never written in my plan, but he changed me. He changed the way I expect him to move. And when I'm going through facing something that I didn't expect, he takes me back to that moment because that was a marker in my relationship with God that helps me and has helped me over the years as I faced other things that were unexpected. Job 42 verse five says, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. What does God want you to see with your own eyes in this moment? Perhaps he wants you to expect him to move in a place where you have lost hope. And all you need to do is say, okay, God, here's the thing I've lost hope in. I've done that recently. There are relationships in my life that are just in these cycles that I think, I just don't know how this is gonna change. And God encouraged me, expect me to move. We need to expect God to move. You might be working your plan and you're just in it by yourself and the enemy wants you to keep all of the stuff up here so that you will never invite others in to help you, to walk with you, to experience more than what you know on your own. Or you, you look at your life and think, yeah, but I did this, I made this mistake, so now it's on me. Don't go alone. Don't go one more day alone in it. And some of you, you just need to take the step. This is your moment. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next year. It's not when you get everything figured out and you're more comfortable. What if perhaps God is in this moment for you right now? What is the perhaps for you? Between what you know and what you're capable of and what God knows and what he's capable of. Perhaps this is the right time 
and the right place for you. God, thank you that you set us up to experience you. Let us experience your power and your peace and your presence in this moment. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.